0: Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including Promised Neverland, which we'll be getting into right now. I'm April Collins and today I'm joined by Michelle Onder. Hello. Andy Potter. Hey. And John McKenna.
1: Hi everybody.
0: Myself, Michelle, Andy, and John will be discussing episode five, which is three zero one zero four five or October 30th if you like to go by dates. Um, so you can find out more about this podcast, of course, at overlyanimated.com. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes at overlyanimated.com slash iTunes. Uh, we don't have a show specific feed for this show. Um, but you can find us on the made one, um, on the main one, excuse me. And then you can also find us on youtube at youtube.com slash overly animated um with that because we are talking about episode five if you have not seen the show at all please stop this right now um because there are so many spoilers especially after the first episode so get out of here go away come back later um we'll see you then but anyway so first things first michelle what did you think of this episode
2: i liked it um there was a lot of talking in the same place for a while, but we did learn a lot, so that's okay. Um, I'm a little, I was kind of expecting there might be a flashback or something to like, oh, this is when Ray found out the secret and when he decided to work undercover with mom, but we didn't get any of that, um, which was interesting. But, I mean, I think it's it's still really good and I, I'm, I'm very intrigued by, you know, they, they keep leaving cliffhangers and I think that's a really good idea <laughs> because there's always going to be a question we're going to be wondering no matter how much information we get from one of these episodes. They always leave enough room to get you to ask more questions. So it seems like every time they, they have like a piece of it confirmed, there's a bigger question out there that still needs to be solved. And I really like that structure. So I'm, I'm pretty happy this episode i liked maybe this last episode better than this one um just in terms of like entertainment but we did learn a lot this episode and that's you know that's worth something too
0: yeah no i, I totally agree and we'll get into a like a bunch of that stuff especially like the norman ray conversation um andy what did you think of this episode
3: i really like this episode i think it uh like I talked about in the last podcast, I think it justified a lot of the things that I felt were a little off in earlier episodes. Like Ray being a mm. traitor explains a lot of the things that I had questions about. Like, how does he know so much about the ear transmitter thing and things like that? And I really like that they paid this off and I think a great way. Uh, I do still question why Ray is so ominous. He's very, <laughs> very <laughs>
2: good word.
3: <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and so I'm, I'm curious how we're still going to play this. Cause it doesn't, Ray is definitely friends with Emma and Norman. Like that much is clear. I think that is still that, 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 that much was communicated well in this episode, but he's definitely not really like on their side completely. And so I'm interested to see how that, that um, relationship grows and progresses here as we move towards an escape. And also how that pays off with us saving all the kids or not like, because that's a big question mark here: whether Emma's going to actually save all the kids, or if Ray's gonna, and Norman are going to successfully stop that from happening. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm still, it's still, I still have no idea what the timetable is here for when we're going to escape in terms of the show narratively, and that's kind of crazy to me because I still have no idea what's going to happen next week. And so I'm always excited going in, and i and that's still true this week.
0: <laughs> yeah. For, oh yeah. The like. Where where do we go, especially with all of the Ray situation? Totally, yeah, mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, John, how how are you feeling on this episode? We've got two positives so far.
1: You know, I sit down to watch a nice, calm, innocent anime <laughs> about kids getting hit <laughs> by aliens, and all of a sudden, a John Le Carre novel breaks out with spy games and double crosses, triple crosses, quadruple crosses, and all that. Um, I am really digging. I'd really dug this episode because I really do think that when you have such a slow, quiet buildup with a lot of the talking and the strategizing, it only adds to the tension. And the idea of Ray being a spy, I, I guess I have to admit I saw it coming because I always felt he was the more ominous one of the group. Like he, there was just a vibe about him that just gave me the willies and I'm, and the fact that they confirmed it now means that there's another twist coming because that's how anime rolls. They give, they give you the easy stuff and then they throw the hard stuff in later. But, uh, the, this is great. Um, I like how it all took place, I guess, within the course of it. Again, I like how they take place in the course of the day. The clocks, uh, the clocks and the strategy and the going forward and all that and the secret room that Dawn and, uh, Gilda found and now, and they end on that cliffhanger. Every week they always find a way to, Keep you hooked and really get you and really get you going and wanting to see the next week's episode. It's it's still great. And I and I'm really starting to be and I'm really getting interested into how this escape plan is going to work because it's looking like it's getting a lot less realistic. They're going to pull it off every single week.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, and you brought up the whole, I guess, the cliffhanger of the end. Um, no, I, I agree with all of you. Like, I was really into this episode. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it I felt kind of, I hate whenever shows sort of just sit in one place. Um, and we had that, especially with the first half of the episode with like the confrontation with Ray and everything like that. But I also like gathering all of the information. And I think the show did a really good job at like throwing all this information at us in like a very like sort of still setting versus like a lot of action going on. Um, I agree with John. Like you got the spy games going on and like we're talking about aces up sleeves and everything like that. Like just, um, uh, I always uh, find it interesting how like I feel like I should expect cliffhangers at at the end of every episode. And whenever they, like, come, they sort of hit me in the face still, despite, like, I, like, what is it? We had a cliffhanger at the end of the first episode, and, like, we just continued to sort of build this more and more and more. And Mm. I'm almost, like, starting to get to this point where I'm like, okay, like, at a certain point, like, we have to fall off the cliff. Because, like...
3: (laughs) I I, I get what you're meaning. Like, it's getting more and more crazy that something horrible hasn't happened yet. Like, we have to actually dive into something bad at some point.
0: Yeah, like, and... more
3: horrible Sometimes.
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like at, at this point like i i think like at some i at some point i i speculated or someone speculated like they're like oh like there's no way like we'll kill another kid until the end of the episode and i'm like that's what we have to do now at this point because like <laughs> <laughs> oh God, i don't
1: horrible.
0: <laughs> like it sounds terrible to say but at the same time we're just like that's what we're getting into um I like that you are, what is it? I like that we got the tick tock of the clock again, because I uh, that was something that was like missing from the last episode that we kind of missed. <laughs> and we sort of got it like immediately, um, you know, like right back into it because time is of the essence here. You know, we went from like two months down to 10 days and like, I'm wondering, are we even still going to stick with that? Uh, but who knows? So, um, but yeah, so let's, uh, I think the biggest thing is like the conversation between, um, Norman and Ray, uh, do, you know, we, we talked about a lot of things with that, you know, like how long, like how long have you been doing this? Like he openly admits that he's the spy first off. Um, and then he, you know, Norman goes into like, how long have you been doing this? You know, and, Ray just says for a long time and then Norman sort of like we sort of have like a negotiation going on Um, so Andy do we believe that Ray is like actually on our side or is he still continuing to play us
3: I think that Ray is I, I don't think Ray lied I don't think Ray lied to Norman about being caring about Norman and Emma. I think that much is true. I do think though that he still cares about his own safety before a lot of other things. So I I, I think it's better to say that he's a little bit more self-centered rather than not on their side. And so that's going to be risky coming in the future. So I, I'm, I'm not sure how much we can trust Ray if that's what you're asking. I, I'm not 100% trustworthy of him.
0: Hmm. not not sold what about you Michelle you trust him or no I think
2: I mean when he was first kind of talking I was wondering for a moment because Ray's pretty smart he's just as smart as Norman and I was wondering if this is his way of trying to put Norman at ease if you know if he thought ahead like oh well if he does figure it out I'll have this backstory to placate him so he doesn't turn me in But then towards the end of their whole back and forth exchange, he kind of breaks down a little bit and we just see him like his expression gets a lot more intense and he's basically just being like, I did all of this to prepare for the day when I knew we had to leave and specifically to help you and Emma out. And when it got to that point, I was like, oh, okay, no, he's, yeah, he's not lying. Cause like Ray's known for being pretty cool headed and chill. So seeing him, express big emotions, I always take that as pretty authentic, because that seems like a part of himself he tries to use on the down low a lot. So from that point on, I was like, oh, no, no, no. I think I I trust him. I mean, it is interesting that he said, like, I'm not exactly on your side, but I'm not your enemy. Like, that's interesting. But... (laughs) I do think he he wants the best for Emma and Norman. I don't know if that will extend to anyone else. <laughs> any of the other well, children. he did he did
0: say yeah. like if we're gonna escape, at most we could take like Don and Gilda with us. Because
2: so. they already know about it too. Yeah, don't the full story, but they know some of it. Yeah, he could just
0: abandon them, leave them behind.
2: <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think like he yeah he wouldn't be totally sad about that.
3: I think what's important here to say is that I don't think Ray hates the other kids at the orphanage. I don't think that's what we're saying. I think he just would he's rather He's speaking in say, realistic terms. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is reasonable, honestly, but still it's kind of crazy that he's saying let's just kill all these kids. Like it, it's not sympathetic, but it's understandable, I think.
0: Given like the situation that he's in. What well, uh what about you, John? Are you uh is he, is it Team Ray or Team Ray's <laughs> not on our team? <laughs>
1: I, I think it's t- it's team trust but verify. Ray is the best way to put it. Um, I do, do think we need that
0: redemption.
1: Ray, is... <laughs> Ray Hashtag redemption. Ray yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I do think that his first goal was to save himself. I always sort of got that vibe anyway that his instinct was self-preservation. I think that's why he volunteered to work for Mom in the first place was to ensure his own safety. And I do think that he. I mean, they, I get the idea of of having him in like mom's like having him be mom's confidant and having and knowing that he's there to feed you information and to feed lies to her is valuable. But at the same time, he did uh reveal like where the rope theoretically was. So at the same time, it's like he is tipping mom off to the fact that there is an escape plan going on. So it is a little bit dicey And and granted, like. I don't know. It's like you you go back to like go into the real world history and, you know, sometimes you feed you feed the spy, you know, is their spy. You feed them real information sometimes to keep it things, you know, on the up and up and then, you know, hit him with the surprise a little bit later. But at the same time, it's he is a realist. I do. I do sort of I can kind of see where he's coming from, you know, save mm-hmm. Dawn, save Gilda, mm-hmm. save Emma, save Norman, save myself first, because it's a lot easier to escape with five than it is to escape with the like 40 or 50 of. Them, they're there plus the infants, you know, and one big escape plan all at once. So I think he is thinking about himself first and his friends second because that's who he cares about the most. He is a little bit, he is sort of like the realest counterbalance to Emma's optimism that she could save everybody. So I'm not quite on his team. I get where he's coming from, but at the same time, do I believe he's really fully, uh he's fully on their side? I'm not in entirely convinced. Because these are smart kids. Like, he could be pulling, you know... He could be playing both sides off each other pretty easily.
0: I think uh something to also think about, too, with that is that... Because um in the previous episode, Norman had asked Emma, you know... Oh, would you be mad at them if they were doing that to save themselves? Kind of thing? Like, to make their situation kind of better? But... Whenever we have this conversation with Ray, like, that never gets brought up. Like, Ray never says, like, oh, I was doing this to, like, keep myself alive because The impression that I kind of got from it, too, was that he, like, he was never promised that he would get to live after he turned 12 or whatever. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and, and that's the, like, one of the things that I noticed, specifically because Norman asked that of Emma, like, oh, would you understand that kind of situation? But then it only sounds like Ray's just been doing it to like get rewards and you know i i don't know not not necessarily like treats but you know what i mean like he's just doing it for a a better quality of life i don't i don't know (laughs) like like, maybe his idea
1: is that if he is good enough with towards mom and, and is loyal enough to her that she'll keep him around even after he's 12 and not sell him and it's just implied that he's too valuable to give up
0: Yeah, maybe he's trying, it's like one of those like, oh, you didn't promise me this, but maybe you will kind of situation. Which I I think is a good point because I think that's like almost a, it's a very adult thought to kind of have is like, oh, if I prove that I'm worth something, then like at a later date I can do this. And, but again, it's not ever anything that like he brings up or says that he wants. He's just like, oh, like, That's, that's what it is, you know? And then he started formulating the, I guess, the plan to escape. But my thing is that he's been mom's spy for six years. Like, (laughs) so how did, like, how did, how did he find out? Like, like, did he also stumble upon the gate and then, and see the whole, like, transaction going on or, uh. That
3: that was my assumption that he's seen someone get given away like this because he seems to he he hinted at in episode one episodes one and two that he's been to the to the wall or been like seeing the at least something Mm -hmm. outside of this orphanage like he seems to be in the know of in some way
0: yeah and then uh i don't know like there's something that uh like kind of it seemed way too convenient that ray's like oh yeah like i led you guys to the gate and then like the only reason why i had to like like, he's, it, it, it just seems weird that he's like, oh, well, it's because you left little bunny that you have, like, you now have to, or I have to cover up your tracks kind of situation. Like, and he almost like turns the blame around back to them. Like, well, I did what I wanted to do, but then you guys messed it up kind of situation. But I feel like he would have told them about it sooner. Do you, doesn't anyone not agree with me on that? Like, especially uh, if he's I- had this grand, like, escape plan.
1: I I well, I, actually, I do understand. I understand
2: yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he said that he was gonna tell
2: them as soon as they got back from discovering the truth, but then they'd left the bunny, and then mom was suspicious, and then he's like, oh, "Okay, well, I guess I have to change my tactic." I think honestly, he probably he spent a good few years thinking about when the best time to tell them was, and he he chose that moment when Connie was leaving, be like, "Okay." I think it's time. Like we Uh, we're gonna be out of here soon. We're almost twelve, so it's now or never and he he left the bunny for them to find and then things didn't exactly go the way he thought and he's doing his (laughs) best.
3: Yeah, he definitely (laughs) waited to the last possible second and it definitely felt like, Oh man, if I don't if if we don't do this now, they're never gonna believe me and we're gonna leave soon. Mm -hmm. Like I have Mm -hmm. to do this right this second. That's kind of what it felt like.
1: And, ma- and now they have, like, a time set. Like, they know yep. in two months, they're going to, like, or make less. the plan. Yeah, two months or course. less.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, they the- Well, they have a specific time thing, which... Makes these, it, which makes I, me realize that these kids are ridiculously intelligent if they have, if they have the wherewithal to actually methodically plan the time of their escape.
3: I, I don't think they know the exact day they're leaving. I think the only person that knows the exact day they're leaving is mom. Like they don't know the, they just know the around the time that yeah. people leave the farm. Well,
1: it's scheduled based around. Well, they know. Well, the thing is, like they've scheduled it based around when the next uh, collection. And Gum's called a collection is is coming, <laughs> and they know if they do it earlier, then Mom will be tipped off and they'll know and she'll stop it. But if they do it closer to the date, um, and but they they figure they have a buffer of safety, so the longer they plan, the easier it is to pull off later. And it actually is smart because you know if you do it just a jailbreak blitz, you are gonna screw up. So at least you're thinking about it, timing, strategizing, but, planning, and all that.
3: I think the longer they sit here, the more chance it is that Mom changes the plan and says, "Hey, we're gonna collect a little early or something."
0: Yeah, yeah. well, well
1: that, that's a chess game.
0: Yeah. Well, and then even, like, Ray said that, you know, Mom's, like, more so for the profits than she is, you know, anything else. So, it... I guess he's kind of trying to use that to their advantage is that like the longer that they sort like that mom sits on, you know, the three of them until they're, I'm going to use the word harvested. <laughs> it's accurate. <laughs> yeah. Like the longer that she sits on it, the more of a profit that she makes. But, and, and I think that that's something else to take away from this is because we were, we've been speculating like what mom's motivations have been. And, you know, and if she's making a profit off of this, then like that, that, that kind of explains it, like why she would, you know, just let R- R- Ray and Norman and Emma just sort of stew there until they're older. And of course, then like they have the higher IQs so that they, you know, she can sell them for more as well. So I think, <laughs> yeah, there, there, there's a lot that sort of came into that. Um, so how, uh, how do we feel about the deal that Norman and Ray struck with each other? That Norman wanted for, uh, Ray to continue to spend time with them and to guarantee their safety, to release all information that he knows, and then to come with them whenever they try to escape. And then Ray said that he will continue to help. He will leak lies to mom and help them escape, but Norman must trick Emma. Uh, do you think that was? I guess the the only reason why that came about is because it seems interesting that Ray would not just like outright tell Emma like this is the deal like if we're gonna escape it has to be this way. But it's it's the fact that he wants Norman to trick Emma. Do you think there's anything shady with that?
3: Well, I mean, yes, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think the bigger thing here is that. I, I just don't think they can trick Emma. I, I, I think mm-hmm. there's literally no way to trick Emma. Emma's, we, Emma's not the smartest of the three, but she's still pretty smart.
2: She's as smart as them. It's just a different kind of smart. Yeah,
3: that's, that's what I'm trying to get at. She yeah. She's she good at like the chess game, but she's smart. She yeah. she does as well on these tests as they do each morning. And I think the fact of the matter is she's they're going to start escaping and she's going to realize, hey, there's only five of us here. Where's the rest of the family? It's not that hard to connect the dots.
1: And the other aspect, too, is that when he's making this deal, like, it's one of those things where it's, what if Ray says no? Like, what's the
2: Yeah, what happens?
1: It's like, <laughs> if Ray says no, it's like, uh, well, we'll... Because it, it's like, you don't really have anything on him to threaten him with, though. It's not like you could say, like, he's helping us because he could just deny because technically it's true. He hasn't. Mm-hmm. It's, it's this very, it's a very weird sort of, it's weird to make demands when you don't really have, like, a... Or if you don't do this, we will X. So it's like, and it is, and Ray is like holding all the cards, like, and it is a shady deal to say you have to trick Emma. Cause now it's like the team starts to get a little fragmented. They're keeping secrets from each other. And when you think about it, like long term, it's like you're now, you're trying to strategize this grand escape plan and each of you is holding secrets from each other. That gets to be a little, uh, it's it's like you just made your task twice as hard
0: like like you're already covering up for their mistake now you're like furthering that along um well and the other thing too is I, like i agree with that like what do you have to hold over their heads like oh well i guess i'm just not going to help you escape like okay well i guess that's fine and you you're just going to continue to tell mom like our secret it's like we we're, we're it's it's like a it's a I don't know, what do they call it whenever, like, it's like a standoff, but, like, no one's going to win no matter what happens. Um, Isn't because, that a Dr.
1: Seuss story? I
0: don't know, maybe. <laughs> <I'm really surprised laughs> this is, this is not a Dr. Seuss story,
3: but... We're, yeah, let me, let me tell me, point me towards the Dr. Seuss story where all the kids die,
1: please. <laughs> it's <laughs> Kat, go- it's, it, it's the deleted scenes of the cat in the hat. Oh.
3: Yeah,
0: he ate the kids. Yeah. Where Mike Myers goes crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I <laughs> uh, but, so I guess leading into that, we're gonna just kinda jump a, uh, to the, I guess, the future of the episode. Um, where they have, a, again, it's another, like, sort of conversation where Ray tells Emma that, like, he's the informant. Um, I like that Emma kinda asked, cause it kinda gives me a better sense that she's, um, I guess paying attention. I don't know. Cause I feel like there's been a lot of focus on like Norman and Ray lately. And we've kind of, had Emma step aside, um, even though I feel like she's the main, main character. Um, but then she sort of has that panicked reaction and then Ray explains like, oh, well, you left a little bunny. I'm covering up your mistakes. Um, and then he says, I'll help you escape with everyone. And even Emma says, that's Mm, not like you. I'm like him. (laughs) (laughs) And so, and then she goes on to say that she's happy and she's changed his mind. Um, but then she says, you know, oh, were the experiments that you did on the tracking devices, were they done on ones in children's ears? What happened to those, like, to that child oh, or those children? Um, You didn't sacrifice someone for our sake, did you? And then she says, don't ever do anything like that again. And then she, like, holds his hand very strongly. <laughs> so, <laughs> which I think is, like, very hard to convey, like, in animation, but I totally got that sense. So, uh. John, do you think that Emma believes Ray is on truly on their side and do you think that Emma would then be willing to sacrifice Ray given that point because she seems more concerned about the safety of others versus like I, do you think she's kind of taking hold of a uh, like the sacrifice of one for the benefit of all kind of mentality. But more importantly, does Emma believe Ray? <laughs>
1: um, I I believe that Emma believes Ray because I think that's just, that's her character. It's, it's her nature that she wouldn't believe that, that if Ray has a reason for doing all that he's done, that there is a good one. And she does trust him enough because I, I, Emma seems like, Emma's the optimist of this group. Like, she's the one that, she's the idealist. She wants to save everybody. She wants to leave nobody behind. And I do think that she wants to believe Ray. And I, and, and she even said that she would take a spy with them if it got to that point. And I think she would still hmm. take Ray with her because she's seen what happens and she wouldn't want, I don't think she would even want him to get killed, even if he was, you know, uh, trying to double, trying to cross them over. Um, but at the same time, the, I, I don't know it's like I feel like the impression I'm going to get and I and this is going to be this is like real long ball prediction stuff it's like she won't she'll try to save Ray if he is the spy she'll she'll like wait for him wait for him wait for him like they're almost over like he's like the last one I feel like he might like I feel like he might not make it anyway even if Emma tries but she still Ooh. will try to save she it's a, it's a wild theory we got months to figure this one out but um I do think that she believes him. I think she wants to believe him and I think that she's going she will go she's going along with it because um she wants to save everybody and I know that and the whole idea of Ray like, you know, seeing kids get sacrificed for that, it's grisly to think about that someone would allow that to happen, but at the same time, like what theoretically could Ray have done about it it's one of those like awful positions to be in where it's like you know what's happening but if you stop it like it could it could make things a lot worse for yourself and it's like you know it's one of those big giant moral ugly moral dilemma thingies
0: like do you steal the bread to feed your starving family or something like that
1: or do you or do you sacrifice like the or do you do you sacrifice one person to save you know to save a boatload to save a boatload of people
0: so yeah, it's, it's like the trolley problem.
3: Yeah,
2: it's the trolley yeah. problem. But and mm-hmm. I find all The
1: trolley
0: problem. The trolley problem where uh what is it? When you... when you have
3: you have two tracks where a train is mm-hmm, going down, mm-hmm. one one track has like five people and the other has one and you have the ability to choose between saving five or one person. It's it's like that. And that's a cool philosophical question. I find that interesting, but I think it's been done a lot. What I find interesting here in this specific trolley problem is the fact that the three main players are actually really, really interesting, and their reasoning for their choices on the trolley problem are really interesting. That's always, like, if you just take the trolley problem by itself, it's just like a empty philosophical problem, and it really doesn't have a lot of weight. When you add real, like, context to it like this, each of their decisions on the trolley problem makes sense for that character, and that's what's interesting about them.
0: So do you think Emma would sacrifice Ray to save everyone else?
3: Never. She would never do that. And that's what's interesting about her. But she still has depth. She's not one-dimensional despite the fact that she would never sacrifice Ray.
1: Right.
0: Okay. Michelle, how are you feeling on Emma believing Ray or not? Uh, I don't know. I mean, (laughs) she she was
2: like, well, that's weird that he thinks that. And then Norman's like, do you think he's lying? Point blank, like, kind of hoping she'll figure it out right there. She's like, no, it's great! It'll just make everything easier that he's helping us. And part of me's like, well, maybe Emma, like, doesn't think that, but she's putting on a friend. Yeah. I feel like that's yeah. that, that's definitely still up in the air.
3: Uh, I think the big tell here is that she's only really smiled since she found out about Connie when she's been lying. Like, every <laughs> yeah, time... Yeah.
2: And, and I'm not, like, she's it, just it just is funny. Happy about. But weird. I'm not really
3: joking i think that that's actually one of emma's tells i think she right now when she's smiling she's lying and it's uh, really sad
0: well and i think the other thing too is that um i find it interesting that with emma's character specifically is that whenever she's having like a genuine reaction especially after the connie thing like it 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 comes across very like boldly Mm. and so like Whenever, uh, Ray tells Emma that, you know, he's the informant, she has like a very like raw panicked emotion. You know what I mean? Like it flashes across her face and then, um, you know, and then she sort of like recovers herself, kind of like she had been doing like in front of like mom and everyone like that. And so I feel like that told, told me a lot that, that maybe she's, you know, like maybe she does kind of trust him, but she kind of doesn't at the same time. Uh, I, I, I don't know if anyone else picked up on that, but that was just kind of me, especially cause she has that very like raw like, well, that's not like you. And then she recovers herself again, where she's like, but I'm happy, you know, and I'm glad you've changed your mind. But yeah, you, you know,
2: that checks out to me.
0: And then, and yeah. then I think the other thing too is that she, she does have that like very serious like, did you sacrifice people? Like, yeah. like, are you going to do that again oh, yeah. kind of situation? And then she like,
2: drops it. She, didn't, she doesn't even wait for a real answer. She's like, anyway, never mind. Yeah. Well, I think
0: it's anyways. I think she
3: got her answer. I think she knows that he did it. Yeah. Mm.
0: Well, and mm. I'm curious to know, too. Like, how did he, like, you know, because he's he's like, oh, yeah, I know how to deactivate it. And it's like, okay, but how did you, like, you said wow. that you got them. But, like, how did you figure out how to deactivate it? And, like, how did you also do that with Mom knowing? Because you said that he got the tracking devices from Mom, right? So.
1: (laughs) Maybe it was his job to implant them.
0: Oh
2: No, because it seems like those kids are brought with it already in their ear. So it Um. must have happened outside of the orphanage itself. Yeah. Uh and I don't yeah. think he's allowed outside of the orphanage. That would be a
3: dead
0: <laughs> way.
3: I think she just got him one of the trackers from one of the one of the kids that died.
0: That, yeah. Oh, that's even more work. I don't know how I feel about that. Like like because...
3: like I think I like one of the kids died. Like I'm using Connie as an example, but it's clearly not Connie. Like Connie died. They took her, and then while she was giving the body away, mom just got the tracking device out of their ear after they died.
2: I don't think mom would give him a tracking device. I think that's a really question. Like,
0: see, that's, that's not, the other.
2: That's not an innocent gift. That's not like but, a book or a no. toy. I think yeah. that's
3: a red really flag. For but him. how did he get one then? Like, a good, how, yeah. How, like, like, cause I feel like, I feel like mom would notice if he tried to cut someone's ear off.
0: it's it like Ray because just became so much more interesting in this episode simply because yeah. like like he's saying all these things and then we're like, yeah, but like how like. Why, like, why would mom allow you to have a tracking device? One, like, because he's like, oh, like, as long as it wasn't dangerous. And I'm like, I feel like that's pretty dangerous to that her. She, dangerous. Yeah, like, that would be dangerous to, like, her and her end game if she gave him a tracking device, like... You know, like, that's a totally different, like, hey, mom, can I have a book? Hey, mom, give me a tracking device. Like, those are not the same item in any way, shape, or form. So Yeah. <laughs> but uh, th- but then it also, like, calls into question, because we know Ray's the informant, so is he lying to everyone and saying that he knows how to disable the tracking devices? Like, and then that also, like, pulls back into, like, what Emma was asking, like, well, were we doing experiments on other kids? Like... Was my, you know, were you like, oh yeah, Connie, come here, like, let me slice your ear open, or whatever. <laughs> but, I still, uh, I still don't believe that the tracking devices are in the ears. Sorry, guys.
3: <laughs> oh, you just think that, that that's just a, that's just wrong.
0: Yeah. Cause, the other, and the other thing too, and this is just me personally, but I noticed there was a lot of focus on the tattoos on their necks this episode. It, it... It, yeah, not, yeah, a little always bit. Focus on they that. were They're... prominent. It's it true. was, it was very prominent this episode, especially because we did have a lot. Like, the the biggest thing was that, uh, and again, this just might be like wishful thinking for me because I really, like, I really think it's the neck tattoos or the, tra- like, the trackers. But when Emma was asking about the tracking devices, like, they, imbe- Like just before that, they were they showed her like neck tattoo, and then her asking the questions, and I was like, okay, like if you're not telling me something, then I don't know what you're doing right now.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Like, why so much focus on the the neck tattoos, other than like them being a, a brand? Because I feel like if it was just a brand, it wouldn't be anything. Like we wouldn't have as much focus on them. Um yeah that's just me sorry (laughs) tiny tangent um okay so then the next thing to talk about is gilda and don because they have their own secret group now so secret friends secret mission um so uh gilda and don are talking they don't like that emma and norman and ray have conversations without them Mm, Um, yeah fair especially Mm -hmm. Especially Don, because he's still, like, on this, we're gonna save Connie mission. Yeah. Um. Oh boy. Yeah. And then I feel like, like, Gilda sort of ta- was trying to talk him down. But do, does anyone else agree with me that Gilda might also suspect that they're, like, that Emma and Norman and Ray are keeping way more from them than what they're letting on? Uh, Michelle, how do you feel about the Gilda-Don situation? I mean, I feel like didn't Gilda tell him
2: on the grass and they're watching the other three talking that she feels like it's bigger than what they've been told, that there's more going on? I feel like Gilda definitely suspects they don't know the whole story. And she's Just a given girl. how seriously and severely the other three are acting the whole time. I think that's tipping her off more than anything. So, yeah, I'd say she's, like, moderately suspicious,
0: moderately suspicious. Yeah. John, how are you feeling about Gilda and Don after this episode or after I, that moment on the hill?
1: I do I think Gilda knows that they're that hi- knows that they're hiding stuff and I think she is absolutely suspicious. I don't think Don is suspicious because I think he is because I think he's been successfully convinced that Connie is still alive. If or if not maybe convinced he wants that to be true. So, and at this point, there's probably no real reason to tell him the truth about that. And, and I get it. I mean, he cared about, he cared about Connie. He, um...
0: That was his favorite. Of, yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. Ship. But anyway,
2: um... <laughs> no! I mean,
0: no. I, no. Friendship. Friendship.
1: <laughs> friendship. Okay. <laughs> friendship. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, but yeah, I mean, don't, like, don't tell him, like, she's dead, obviously, and he, he wants to believe she's alive, and if that helps... It helps. I, I don't mean, think
3: it does help. Yeah, though. I was gonna like. like I, think you... Dawn, I think it makes Don. I think it makes Don. It adds a chaotic element to his actions because he thinks that they have to go quick to save Connie. But yeah. if they tell him she's dead, he thinks that he has to just save himself because right now he's acting this way because he thinks that Connie's still around. He's specifically doing these things that risk outing all of them for Connie.
1: But 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 the but the other element is tell him that Connie is dead and because she's being harvested like everyone else like wouldn't that give him more chaotic elements maybe he's just I, chaotic but
0: I, I, I maybe think... he'd slip into like a severe depression and just but, stop trying to hell which I mean, would then still be detrimental because Emma wants to save everyone
3: but I mean then that's just more of the trolley problem isn't it then, then at least <laughs> hurting everyone else you know what I mean then he just doesn't save himself instead of hurting the actual escape plan
0: and here we are back on the trolley <laughs> 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 yeah, exactly.
3: We should start every podcast like that. Back on the trolley.
0: <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Promise Neverland. Back on the trolley podcast. <laughs> um, so then, okay, so adding another layer on top of all of that. So Gilda and Emma figured out there's a secret room. And they discover, or they realize that Mom disappears. I think it was around eight yes. into it. And then... um which I think is nice because it was last episode where Emma was sort of, like, walking against the wall kind of situation. Yeah. Um. And mm-hmm. I liked that we sort of, like, circled back and explained that. So I really enjoyed that sort of um element of it. And then there's a room on the other side of the bookshelf, according to Ray. <laughs> um. Did anyone, like, initially believe Ray whenever he said that there was another room on the bookshelf? I mean, it's kind of obvious, but did anyone doubt Ray that he they're just feeding us lies oh,
2: no. I doubt no. them all the time because like again every, so they come to conclusions so quickly it takes them like three minutes to talk through something and seemingly figure it out just so like oh yeah well maybe it's not a, a secret room maybe you're wrong this time but then like this
0: you know, you it's her private bathroom, bathroom. Oh, yeah.
3: this would actually wait, had evidence though
2: this would actually have yeah. evidence Michelle
1: right because they did bring up the secret room I think in the past didn't they
3: well, yeah. no, it's for they, they actually like, measured things out and stuff. Yeah,
0: because Emma was like me- yeah, Emma, like taking I, the steps against the wall.
3: I, I also really, really liked that this was Emma figuring something out, like not and Norman seemed like oh Emma did something. Like I, me I like showing that Emma is smart too. Like like they're yeah. really making sure the audience knows like Emma's not doing as much as Norman or Ray, but she's smart in a different way. She's thinking about things in a different way from them.
0: I liked right. that.
1: And, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like the way they just go went through the lens. Lanc- explaining all the logical process i was just like nope you know what they're absolutely right i believe them. like i like (laughs) he's right (laughs) it's like you can't it's like if you were lying about a a secret room you wouldn't i can't imagine someone would would have like that deep of a logical layer to the lie where it's like so realistic it's like you don't put that much thought into a lie you leave something you'll you leave something out
0: Emma's testing, uh, Ray as well to find out if he actually (laughs) knows what the room is. Um, (laughs) but, uh, so anyway, so then, uh, I think it's interesting that, like, Ray sort of dismisses Don and he's like, yeah, why don't you go make dinner? But then Don wants to sneak into the room and I think, uh, what is it? Gilda just decides to go along because he wants to gather clues as to where where Connie might be. Um, Ray sort of pushes that aside, which again is very within Ray's character and surprises no one. Um, but then whenever they leave, they decide to go to Mom's room anyway, and then they're trying to find the secret room. Um, I really liked that Gilda was the one who figured out the bookshelf. Um, so I thought that was great. Uh, no one was surprised. The door was locked. And then someone comes into the room, and end of episode, so... Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, Andy, who do you think came into the room? I think it's
3: one of the kids. I think the question is whether it's somebody from our secret group or it's one of the people, one of the other kids. I think they're just looking for mom, but I don't think it's mom coming in.
2: Okay.
0: Michelle, who came I into feel, the room? I, feel, I mean, it's mom's room,
2: so I feel like she she could have come in, and in that case, they have to either be sneaky or get caught, but yeah. I don't see why anyone else... I don't know, else, know how you could be sneaky. ...that wasn't her. Unless it's, like, Sister Crown being sneaky. I, I don't yeah, know Yeah, like, that, that's mine, that's room. My best. That's your... your oh, well, best.
3: maybe I need to explain what I mean. I think it's, like, a kid, like, coming in, like, looking for Mom for help. Or something like, Mom, oh, no, I fell down and bruised my leg or something. Like, they need Mom's help. You know what I mean? Because there's still kids in this house... That see mom that's as a loving true. figure. That's, that's what I was true. trying to get I don't at.
2: suspect them yet, because Ray hasn't told no. them anything about her. So that's but a good. They're point. standing in front of the yeah.
3: secret door right now. <laughs> we, have that. we have to cover that
0: first. <laughs> and John, you said you think it's Sister Crown come to sneak around. I, I think I think it is
1: because she had because they're starting to establish that she has her own ulterior motives too. So mm-hmm. why wouldn't she sneak into mom's room either?
0: That's true. That's true. I so uh, think it, all I think it's in Ray. i think ray's coming into the room and then he's gonna be like hey didn't i tell you guys to not come in here what's going on (laughs) <laughs> I feel for Don,
2: though, because I feel like he they've both been told all this information, but it's not like they've been able to really do anything. They haven't really helped out at all. They're just sitting around twiddling their thumbs while the other three, talk mysteriously without them. So, like, I would feel super helpless and frustrated in that position, and I'd want to do something on my own, too. So I can't, like, I know Don's being kind of, like, brash, but, like, I don't blame him because he's just trying to, like, have energy to do right
0: (laughs) well yeah especially i I guess those feelings are sort of um, exaggerated too because like emma and norman and ray go off and have like their private conversations exactly and then they're not included after i guess they you know the extension of inclusion was given to them and then it's almost like We've included you, but we're also not including you. Yeah, we included
2: (laughs) you, but we won't tell you everything, and also, we're telling you not to do anything right now. Trust us. Go make dinner. (laughs) Yeah, I would be so frustrated. I'd want to help more.
1: Right, and and also, we were talking sort of, like, about how he was acting very chaotically. You could see that, actually, in the scene where they're finding the secret door. He's, like, trying to rip every book out of the Mm -hmm. regular bookshelf. And he's, like, like banging on the
0: wall.
1: Yeah, and Gil- and Guild Gil- and is doing the more rash thing, looking at the book two bookshelves, seeing the gap, and it's like, oh, it's it's this one right there. Uh, just slide it over.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah. And, <laughs> much- I-, I think this is definitely emphasizing the fact that Don is not as smart as the other people in this group, and I'm and it's interesting. He's definitely much more controlled by his emotions. Mm, he's- yeah. He's the- he's the
1: Leroy Jenkins of this party.
3: <laughs> he just goes he- whenever he hears something, he has to act on it. He he feels like he needs to act. Maybe it's that's- that's better way to put it. Not that he's dumb. It's just that he. Feels like he needs to be moving forward.
0: He's very impulsive. School. Yeah. Like, he impulsively reacts and, like, moves forward in that way. I, think I will in- say,
2: though, like, Gilda went in the room with him, so it's not like she's like, oh, no, no, we'll get in trouble if they find it. She's like, no, no, no. Yeah, she-, she never protested that.
0: Yeah, she's
2: with him, which I, I think, think also says something. I
3: think that's because Gilda is smart in a way that the other people in the group aren't. I think Gilda understands people a lot she's better very than
2: perceptive. yeah, and, and
3: she realizes that she could not have convinced Don not to do it, so instead mm-hmm. she tried to make it better by going with him. And I think that's what Gilda's role will be in this group, because even though Emma loves everybody, I think she's actually pretty bad at reading people in general. But Gilda, on the other hand, has been very good at understanding situations in inter- social situations very quickly, It's like like with Crohn last episode.
0: Yes. Like she was she immediately understood what she needed to say or do to get yes. out of that situation based off Crone's reactions to what she was then doing. No, I definitely agree with that that she's I I guess she got a better read on people versus Yeah. Especially like Don, who's very impulsively and chaotic. Um, you know, and then Norman and Ray are very like silently like calculating the situation. So there's a lot of different like Smarts that sort of go into what's taking place here. And it may just be that, like, especially like displaying like Gilda's ability to sort of read like what's going on and like how to solve the problem, that it may be a- something that we use later in our escape plan, um, that we haven't yet realized, like, oh, we have this extra resource versus just Norman and Ray and Emma's abilities.
2: Yeah, that's a good point.
0: Mm hmm. Um, but yeah, so the only things, uh, what is it? We, uh, we, we didn't really talk about Ray's conversation with mom. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. so the, the only thing that I, I guess I really want to bring up with that is that, you know, we found out that Ray's been doing it for six years. Um, and then he, he kind of has that like conversation where he's like, yeah, but He's like, you know, the sister's a problem, and I know you only brought her in to keep me in control. Versus, mm. like, dealing with the rest of the problem. And then he almost has, like, the, I can't believe you don't trust me, like, after all that we've been through. Uh, the only other thing that I really wanted to make note is that he doesn't tell her that, like, Norman's planning on escaping in 10 days. And I feel like that was in, in if he, he had, uh, like, true intentions of stabbing them in the back, he would have told her that. Yeah. Because all of this sort of takes place in the same day. Um, is there anything else that you guys kind of wanted to touch on with that conversation uh, that I may just, have missed? <laughs> just that,
3: it's cra- that, that this implies that Ray saw something when he was six. Like, he saw whatever happens, like, mm-hmm. to Connie at six years old and then went to mom and said, hey, I will make a deal with you. And I think this also implies... Ray knew what was going on when we had that cold open at, in episode one when we saw them together. Oh,
0: totally. Uh, oh, the he, if you go yeah. back and watch the way
2: he reacts to it, he's, he
0: he knows already. He's, yeah. Because he but, says, uh, like, there's I, nothing good out there. Yeah. yeah. He
3: knows. Mm-hmm. He know, he's known for as long as we've seen him on screen. Yeah. And it's like, I and forgot it's like about that. You
1: th- and you see it originally, and you think he's just being, like, melodramatic or nihilist. Nope, he knows what's going on. <laughs>
0: Mm-hmm. yep oh that's a really good point oh um and then the last thing um is norman's um dream that he had so he's running down the hall of the gate and then he he says aloud like we're going to escape with everyone and then everyone dies with the flowers in
3: the- <laughs> yep uh, oh yeah that, that nightmare was crazy like it if, if there was any, like, fear that the show would not go back to these scary elements, that nightmare really, like, went like, okay, yep, we're doing this still. We are doing scary <laughs> We just
0: <stuff."> want to <laughs> remind you that the stakes are real.
3: <laughs> just remember, uh, dead
1: kids.
0: Yeah. Dead kids, yeah, right? Like, that's what the show boils down to. Um, I personally, and it's, it's one of those things where I didn't take too much out of that scene at this moment, other than I feel like they were trying to in, like reintroduce the horror factor of the show. Um, did anyone else take anything away from that that I obviously didn't? Um, and I, I, I'm wondering if it's something that like we kind of come to later. But did anyone else have any other crazy reactions to dead kids again? <laughs> uh, not.
3: Um, crazy. I actually. Sorry, go ahead.
1: Oh, okay. Um, n- not great Not crazy. Yeah, just what Andy said. Like, not totally crazy because I feel like although I am. I will say I am actually kind of. I have to give the show props for at least waiting for episodes to bring it back up again. And yeah, I mean it, it's definitely lost a lot of. uh it, it loses a lot of its shock value second time around. But I feel like it still works. Like the specter of the specter of fear that's that the that the opening still carries is still there. It's not like this was. Uh, it's not like this took anything away from it. But it is a good at least reminder of you know. What is the stakes if you fail? And the failure is everybody dies. So
0: Every, everyone dies. That's yeah. how this, this ends. <laughs> and Go I ahead.
1: Think, I think the question from this nightmare
3: is whether we're actually going to kill more characters. Cause like we have, n- I, I am kind of worried that we're not going to kill more characters and they're going to get out scot free. But it. But this nightmare. What
2: makes so... you think that? <laughs> <laughs> <The song>? Ray <Rick laughs> keeps trying to get rid of everyone, but them. No. <laughs> Ray keeps trying.
1: To... <laughs> it's like who? Well, then, in which case, who's on death watch?
2: Well, Don. I mean.
3: I'm not sure who's on death watch right now. That's th- thank you, John. Th- that's what I'm getting at. Who's, I'm not on, sure who's death on, death on death watch? From what we've seen here, it's either <laughs> all the kids or none of them. You know what I mean? Like that's all there is for me. I don't think. I don't think they're, they're all getting the out The only by.
2: kid that stood out so far, besides yeah. like Dawn and Gilda, oh, that's no. what I mean. Like, Phil's I'm worried, too young I'm worried to like, die I'm worried,
3: I'm worried that like <laughs> faceless kids will die, like kids we just don't care about.
0: Oh. oh yeah, but I feel like the show also won't won't kill off anyone that we don't care about. I would hope so. I'm kind we of... would hope so. Worried... Which sounds terrible, like. If people are going to die, I better care care about them.
3: them. (laughs) I'm worried about Norman. I'm worried about Norman and Ray. Because Norman had a lot of death flags in episode two. When he said he would sacrifice himself for Emma. And Mm -hmm. Ray is like a double agent. And I'm worried that's just going to go really bad for him.
0: I think Don's going to die.
3: He's going to be the Mm -hmm. one
0: to go. Mm -hmm. (laughs) One thing, I'll just say this about Don.
2: Because when I was first reading this, I was like, oh no, is Don going to turn to like the wild card? But he's like very sweet. He's just kind of impulsive. And like we were saying, like his emotions really rise to the surface a lot quicker than a lot of the other kids, but he's like a very good hearted, kind person. And I'm glad he's not an. (laughs) So that's a relief to me.
0: That's true. He, yeah, that's, it's good to know that he's not, you know, he's better than that. (laughs) Um. But yeah, so that's uh everything that I have. Is there anything else that you guys wanted to talk about that I may have missed, um, Andy, Michelle, or John? Oh, uh, well, I'm, I'm good. Sister Crone, just oh yeah, <laughs> no, episode, sis- oh yeah, there, there was, was no Sister Crone. Lack of
2: Crone this episode, and it was very noticeable.
3: Was she just in the background of one shot, really? No, like, the- I, don't I don't think, think we've seen her even- at all.
2: Yeah, just the illusion of her, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
3: it- it's crazy how well people, like characters, like pieces will just disappear off the board for an episode even though we're in such a small location.
0: Uh-huh. It's, it, it's kinda crazy. <laughs> The well, there's, like, know. how many kids that we don't even know the names know. of? Like <laughs> yeah, it's
2: been days since they made that 10-day plan, but it feels like weeks have passed. And maybe that's literally because yeah. we get an episode a week, but it feels like so much I, time has passed. I
0: think it's only been, like, one day.
2: <laughs>
3: I think it's also very important. I think it's also, I just realized this right now while we were talking, but the next day chronologically is October 31st which <gasps> is done, Halloween, dun, dun, dun. which, in my brain, feels like a day that they, that the author might
1: like a lot to
3: be really horror, you know what I mean?
1: Ooh. You know, he's, he strikes me more of a St. Patrick's Day author, to be perfectly honest. <laughs>
0: <He's> <laughs> so all the, the kids probably survive probably until St. Patrick's Day.
2: <laughs> stuff, But we'll see.
0: Alright, well, um, that's all that we have, so you can, of course, find out all of, all the info on this podcast at overlyanimated.com. Um, we're on Death Watch, so give us your Death Watch <laughs> predictions. <laughs> um, please share them with us on our Discord, where we text chat, not just about this show, but all of the shows that we cover. And you can, of course, find more information about that at overlyanimated.com slash Discord. Um, before I end this, any final thoughts? Uh, or any Death Watch predictions that you want to throw out there?
3: <laughs> I think I covered what I wanted to talk about.
0: <laughs> well, um, anyway, so to wrap this up, you can also support us via Patreon at patreon.com slash overlyanimated. We would like to say thanks to all of our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Michael, a.k.a. Mike Wazowski. Um, and of, as always, thanks to our patron executive producers, John, Ryan, Steve, Alex, and Hugh. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on with the podcast. Um, so many different shows outside of Promised Neverland. Um, Genlock coverage, uh, Miraculous Ladybug is in a month long of a nuclear, nuclear explosion. Um, you can find out all of those podcasts at, uh, did I miss any of them? I think Anything? there's
3: Dragon Prince coming up soon, isn't it? Yeah. Dragon. Yeah. Gen uh, Genlock
0: too. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot going on. So please come if, You know, if you like this, you like our discussions, go check out our discussions for anything else. Um, thank you guys, of course, for listening and we will see you next week for the next episode. Um, bye. 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 Take care.